left him a note saying she was leaving him. Why should he have put himself and Alyssa through the added turmoil of looking for a wife who'd made it plain she wanted nothing more to do with him? No, I think he did the right thing in putting the matter behind him and carrying on with his life. What else could he have done? And in my opinion, that's not Margaret they found out at the lake. Inger tucked a big bag of cotton batting under one arm. Of course I don't like to gossip, but whoever it was, I can't see Liza Baron and that recluse getting married with this dark cloud hanging over their heads. You'd think they'd wait. Oh, Inger, Martha said, laughing all of a sudden. Honestly, why should Liza put her life on hold? Now, would you look at this lovely gabardine? Deftly, she changed the subject. Nora took two dollars from Rose Atkins for her fabric scrap. As had been the custom at Gates since it opened its doors seventy years ago, Nora tucked the receipt and Rose's money into a glass and brass tube, which she then tucked into a chute to be pneumatically sucked up to the third-floor office. There, the head clerk would log the sale and send back the receipt and any change. None of the sales clerks handled any cash, checks, or credit cards. The system was remarkably fast and efficient, contributing an old-fashioned charm to the store that its customers seemed to relish. Everybody's gone to computers these days, Rose commented. It's such a relief to come in here and not have anything beep at me. Have you seen those light wands that read price stickers? She shuddered. The world had changed a lot in Rose Atkins's long life. You've no plans to switch to something like that, have you? None at all. That much Nora could say with certainty. In her opinion, computers didn't go with Gates's original wood and glass display cases, its Tiffany ceilings, its sweeping staircases and brass elevators, its gleaming polished tile floors. Tradition and an unrivaled reputation for service were what set Gates apart from malls and discount department stores. As Aunt Ellie had before her, Nora relied on value, quality, convenience, and style to compete. At Gates, Tyler's elderly women could still find a good house dress. Its children could buy their Brownie and Cub Scout uniforms. Its parents could find sturdy, traditional children's and baby clothes. The fabric department kept a wide range of calico fabrics for Tyler's quilting ladies. There was an office supply department for local businesses, a wide-ranging book section for local readers, a lunch counter for hungry shoppers. Nora prided herself on meeting the changing needs of her community. As far as she was concerned, tradition was not only elusive in a fast-paced world, it was also priceless. The tube returned, and she slipped out Rose's change and receipt. Have you seen much of Liza Barron since she's come home? Rose asked. She came in a couple of days ago to fill out her bridal registry, Nora replied. But other than that, no. Rose's eyes widened, no doubt at the prospect of wild, rebellious Liza doing anything as expected of her as filling out a bridal registry. But... A discreet woman, she resisted comment. Behind her, Inger Hansen did no such thing. 
I can't imagine Liza would want to do anything so normal. She's so much like her grandmother. You don't remember Margaret Ingalls, Nora, but she was just as wild and unpredictable as Liza Barron. It's odd, though. Your great-aunt and Margaret managed to get along amazingly well. I have no idea why. They were complete opposites. Ellie was always extremely tolerant of people, Martha Bauer put in. Yes, Inger said. Even tart-tongued Inger Hansen had respected and admired Ellie Gates. I'm sure it'll be a wonderful wedding, Nora said, half wishing she hadn't delayed her departure to serve the quilters. Liza Barron and Cliff Forrester's upcoming wedding was indeed the talk of the town, but it was having an effect on Nora that she couldn't figure out. Was it because Cliff was from Rhode Island? No.